Before we jump into this episode, we have to thank a few companies that make this show possible. First up, Vortex Optics. We run their binoculars, spotting scopes, and uh, a lot of their clothes in their Vortex wear line. Quality hoodies. sweaters and hoodies, t-shirts, hats. Yep. You uh, can save yourself 20% on that stuff. Why? It's a new code. The code TFC20. Check them out. Next up, Trophy Line. Trophy Line. No secret, we are saddle guys. We like to hunt in saddles, make the jokes if you want, but yep. they're super light, super effective, and we're big fans of Trophy Line. This year, we're going to be running the Mission platform or the EDP platform, EDP. depending, and uh, running the Covert Light. Yeah. Nice and light saddle. Lots of good adjustability on that. I feel comfortable walking with that thing out in the woods. Go yep. check this thing out. Use the code TFC10 to save yourself 10% on the next purchase. Next up, Prime. The bow that got me to switch back. I think I feel like I got you to switch back. You did, but but I like. But it was it's a because big part. of Prime shootability, shooting your bow, their accuracy. Uh, we're big fans of Prime. They're Michigan company. Jared's shooting the Nexus Four. Four. I'm shooting the Nexus Two this year. Go check them out. G5Prime.com. We uh, we're big GPS map users on our phone. Um, I get tend to get lost a lot, and Jared you do can't tend to get lost. A lot. Jared can't always be next to me. When you don't have Jared with you, you can have a little Jared in your pocket. Gross. <laughs> this is an awesome platform. We know the guys. They're local here in Grand Rapids. And you can actually download other apps, stand locations, plot locations, whatever pins that you have, you can download them onto the HuntWise platform. So you're not, you can, give you it a try. can just hit the ground. And you're not losing your research. Yeah. So go check this app out, HuntWise.com. You know, I was actually asked this weekend if we weren't partnered with Vector and like I had to shoot a different arrow would I shoot vectors? Oh, yeah, for sure. And I said, yes, of course. Yeah. I love them. I shoot extremely accurate with them. I've never broken one. Yeah. And the sweet thing was, is you pretty much just tell Isaac and the guys over there your draw length, draw weight, and I think your tip weight. Your tip weight, and they have a... And then you customize the whole thing. And you they can do it right tip, online. cut, and everything. You don't have to mess with the bow shop or anything like that. Check these guys out, vectorcustomshop.com. For 10% off your order at checkout, use TFC10. Good luck out there. Shoot straight. All right. Well, welcome to another episode of the Fair Chase podcast. It's good to be back. It's good to see you, Jared. And we have a new face with us today. It's Cody DeQuisto. Cody, do you mind introducing yourself for all the uh, the internet world out there? Uh, yeah. So my name is Cody DeQuisto. Um, I work for Lone Wolf Custom Gear. We design products, mobile hunting products in specific. I've been hunting all my life. Uh, whitetail hunting is my passion amongst a few other things, fitness and, um, but yeah, that's, that's me. And yeah, appreciate, appreciate you coming on. Uh, yeah, we've been following you for, for a while. Uh, the type of hunting you do is, is cool. Like, uh, the stories you post, uh, and kind of that chronicle different hunts that you go on, I have been fun. And I've specifically liked, uh, your take on the height of your tree stand. Mm -hmm. uh, which there are not a lot of guys out there that are doing what you're doing. Cause most of the time you hear a guy, it's like, yep, you know, I go out, I set my tree stand 48 feet in the air, you know, uh, so I can see, and it's like, you, you take a very different approach to that, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this has been something I've done some extensive testing on over the years and you know, there's a handful of things in the industry that have been talked about and been said, over the years and like me, even back, you know, 15 years ago when I was really kind of getting into the nitty gritty of, of hunting, uh, whitetail hunting in specific. And, and there was all the, always these things that people talked about, 
Um, and I would always like, instead of just kind of listening to them and, you know, like the 20 feet thing and, yeah. and going, you know, about my business and don't get me wrong. I, there was a period in time where I hung high, but then I started to think like, well, man, what do I need to get so high for? And I started experimenting and what really drove me to hunt low and as low as I do now is all the naysayers that would come out of the woodwork. Uh, and it's the same thing with hunting in the mornings. Like there's a lot of times where I won't even hunt the evening just like, because I'm like, man, I don't want to get this kill in the evening. I'd rather just, I'd rather kill him in the morning just to further push that, uh, or to debunk that connotation of like mornings aren't as good as evening or, you know, not to hunt in the morning or something. So, um, so yeah, I started just hunting super low. Um, and a couple of the last sits of this season, I mean, uh, I was laughed at, uh, they were inches off the ground. Sure. Um, you know, I mean, that was, you know, circumstance, but, um, but yeah, very low. Well, you, you make a good point circumstance. Uh, I, I feel like every time you, somebody's out there that says, you know, you always need to, you know, early season, you should always be hunting at night, not in the morning, you'll blow everything up, or you should always be <clears throat> 20 feet in the air. It just like the situation should dictate what you do. The fact, anytime you go in, just saying, this is, this is gospel. This is what you do every time. You're just kind of pigeonholing yourself and you're kind of ruining your chance to be mobile or flexible, uh, for what the deer are doing. Right. Yeah. And, and to whereas years ago, um, I mean, I completely agree with that point. And years ago when I would, I was trying to get high to get out of, I guess the initial thought was like, okay, well, the higher I get, the further away I'm going to be from the deer and the more undetectable I'm going to be. And like that was kind of the line. Common. Yeah. You know, and just, but more so like the more distance I could put between myself and the animal, the safer I would be and the more I could get away with. And you know, that, you know, I'm thinking that correlates to height in the tree and, yeah. you know, I've yeah. never been a good shot, but I'd always, strategically set up my shots at my furthest range which is about you know 20 yards of you know and so that was keeping distance to me and then getting high in the tree um and then over the course of the years I realized that it's such a disadvantage what I was doing and I was putting myself I was making myself more vulnerable by getting that high in the tree um I was getting skylit more uh, yeah. moving you know and and it's things like that that people don't realize and um then you know over i think it was man it had it might be 10 years ago now but i started uh when i finally ditched like when i finally got rid of the thought of like okay i gotta get to a certain height yeah and i wasn't crazy low hunting but i was never getting probably <clears throat> above you know maybe 14 feet would be like the max i would i would go and what i did was i started taking um, I started gravitating lower down the tree, but I'd only take two sticks. And, you know, so for like the past eight to 10 years, like that's, and it was back then it was, it was my cannibalized stand and it was two full length old original, uh, lone wolf sticks. And those were all I would take. And, you know, maybe I'd have a screw in, in my pocket in case I needed to get a little higher, but that was my cap. Yeah. And if I didn't need to use those, I wouldn't use them. And, and over the years, I've just, man, I even contemplated this year just going to one stick because uh, now that we got those cableators and I can, um, you can get a lot higher with those aiders. Yeah. You know, and it's just, 
so yeah, so there were some there were some things I ran in, and, and I think it's important to just be constantly looking and asking yourself questions and trying to learn instead of just going through the motions and yeah. Yeah, I, I had uh, I got in a I, I guess I would call it a Cody kick at the beginning of this season where I was listening quite a bit of podcasts and like I was just interested in your philosophy for hunting because you're just not you don't fit the mold of the typical guy who's you know out there as Jared says dealing dirt naps uh, to to uh, deer out there, out there because you're you know you're this guy that's not going terribly high you know, your, your camo is off. I mean, it doesn't match at all. And I didn't see one bit of Sitka on you. So I don't know how you're killing deer. Um, and you know, you're, you've got, you got gauges and you've got a cool hair. You just don't fit like the Southern guy that is doing, is doing what you're doing. And so I got interested in that. And what I really liked was your mobile mentality where it's, you know, how few things can I take in the woods with me? Uh, and, how flexible and more you're kind of reactive to can you be and a lot of that even goes to the first thing that i want to talk about is scouting uh we're coming around to the time of year where people are like this is the time to scout early in the year late in the winter early in the uh, i get early in the year late in the winter uh where a lot of people are and it doesn't sound like you're actually doing much of that right now because you from what i can tell and correct me if i'm wrong most of your scouting is in season is that right yeah, that's hundred percent correct. Now I will, uh, over the, over the years, I've done a lot of shed hunting and, uh, I'll do some things in the timber at this time of year, but, um, before we dive into scouting, I just wanted to highlight something on the, the hunting low, but yeah. the, just to, just to kind of before, if we don't come back to this, but the, yeah. the general concept and consensus that I found is there's a height in the tree in which I don't believe the deer really associate danger with. So, okay. you know, I, this was kind of birthed by, you know, hunting lower, hunting lower, hunting lower. And I had a few times in which I was in that seven to eight feet and I actually killed a couple of my biggest bucks in that height. Yeah. And at first it was very uncomfortable and it seemed like I was being seen or I, I was, I was more so I was making it not like I was making it a thing because I'm like, oh man, this is weird. I'm so low. Like they're going to spot me for sure. And when you think about it over the course of, you know, I mean, a white tail, I believe can change in, it only takes probably, I would think two generations to really change. It happens so quickly in my, in my opinion. So I think yeah. about that. I think about like what, okay, what is the deer subjected to deer live? I mean, I would say, let's say max 11, 12 years. Right. Um, and most of them are dying by five. Most of them are dying before that. And, you know, in a general sense. So, right. Yeah. In, in, in these three years or two years or four years, they're learning all they know. Um, and they're, you know, it's kind of evolution of the herd or whatever you want to call yeah. it. And, and I have, um, I've seen people get a, get deer to adapt to feeders inside of just a couple generations like, like just things like that you know you think about it let's say you go to a new piece of ground and you're one of these guys that that you know it's illegal to it's it's legal for you to do that and you do the feeder thing or you, you start putting out um you know these actual timed feeders or yep. you know i've seen real popular down south right so let's say you go introduce that and right off the bat i i doubt it's going to get 
a lot of traction. I mean, like they're they're going to be out of there when it goes off. It's going to take a little while for them to get used to it. They'll probably get used to it and then start to meander around it. But I think, you know, as a year goes by, as two years goes by, then all of a sudden you got deer that were scared of it. They know it's giving them food. They're coming there to feed They're You know, it's become this thing that they get used to. Well, that generation of deers dies. Another one comes up. All the fawns, they grow up seeing that. They grow yeah. up getting used to that. Like so, in my mind, it doesn't take long for for things to change and, and the game the the game to be different, right? So, I look at how long people have been hunting out of tree stands, yeah, and how long they've been getting high, and man, and it happens across the entire country. So, and let's just think about deer's natural predators. When are they getting ambushed from the trees, other than hunters? Unless we're talking Western states, whatever. Right. But they're constantly aware of the ground, their backtrack, coyotes, all this type of stuff. So here we got two, two keyed in danger zones. We got the ground, obvious, yeah. and then we got now up in a tree. And the biggest thing I hear from people, and it's real big out east and down south, is they hear about this low hunting and they want to call BS because I'm in the Midwest and I'm in Iowa and Wisconsin and Illinois and that's that'll never happen anywhere else. And then they go on to tell me, oh, you can't do that. Deer just walk around looking up in the trees here. I, and I always have to pause and I'm like, all right, well, just think about what you just said. You just told me that all your deer come out and look right up in the trees. So why don't we, why don't you get below that? Change it. And we'll Adapt. Yeah. So, so I've noticed so I, you know, and when I get super like, like ground hunting, I've never been a fan of ground hunting because I do believe that a hundred percent, you are better off with that, that visual advantage of even being, even if you can get up three feet, I just, I mean, ground hunting can be good for scent and for cover and all that. And in a real strict ambush point, Yeah. but you know, so I'm, I'm blending the two together. And even when I would get very, very low to be able to like, let's say step into the stand. Yeah the experiences that I've had were, it was, it was a little bit more sketchy because then you're directly in their, in their sight and you might as well be standing on the ground. And now when you get to that point to where, you know, you're at like, you're standing at six, seven, eight feet, you're in like this, this weird area, this weird gray area that deer aren't accustomed to seeing danger. And if you can be still enough, and this is a big thing too, you can't be moving around at these, at these heights, just like, you know, you can't move around a lot, but you know um, you can't be, you know, whipping your phone out, spinning your head and all that. It's gotta be strategic, but this area I believe is a gray area where deer don't associate that much danger with. And um, it is just, it's proved so successful to me um, year in and year out, uh, no matter where I go. Yeah. Well, it seems like you got, I mean, you also at that height, a lot of times have the advantage of cover that you don't have later in the year because the higher you get, especially later in the year, it's like your bare bones tree. And it's like, there's just not a lot of places to go. And, and I think something to think about there too, is a lot of guys, they think, okay, well, you're going low and you're getting in a thick, real thick cover. And if, if thick cover is an option, do it. <clears throat> but what people are missing too, is that in that height range, I would say eight to nine times out of 10, you are completely backdropped. So you're, there is no sky lit or silhouette effect. So in sense, that is your cover as well, if you can be still. So, you know, 
these deer are looking and you know they're glancing they're looking at the entire picture the entire area and if you're in that middle ground they're looking through you yeah essentially you know they're not um so yeah it's 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 deadly it's just it, making it, it take, yeah take a mental a mental leap uh, well it's just it. I, I, what i like is just like a realistic uh no assumptions look at what deer are doing because you know, the, the longer you spend listening to this is what they always do, or this is what they never do. You never actually test for yourself. And if you maybe took some time to just try it out and see, you'll learn a lot that way. And, you know, a big part of my year was, you know, um, listening to some of the things you said and just kind of going out, going lower for, in some instances, or just trying new things that seem like I might not have heard people talk about, but at the same time, it's like, well, it seems like that would make sense. A good example was I get a, I put, I had one cell camera out, uh, and I'm, you know, it's like a Friday it's on public land. I'm headed North. Uh, we're here in Michigan to do a rifle hunt. And, um, we're in the shotgun only zone in Michigan down South where I live. And so I get this trail camera of a nice buck walking around uh, and I'm like, wow, he's, I mean, it's, you know, it was one o'clock and he's walking around. I called Jared. I'm like, Jared, what do I do? And Jared's like, well, I just let him sit, you know, just wait. And I'm like, no, you know what? He's right there right now. I'm going in there. It's kind of, it's like November 16, <clears throat> 17. So right after the rifle opener where it's kind of weird hunting here. Cause deer get a lot of pressure suddenly really, really hard. But I'm like, man, this is a spot that I feel like, I just haven't seen very many hunters. I'm going to go out there. I'm not taking any tree stand stuff. Um, I've never done this before. I'm just going to take some antlers, you know, in Michigan, people say, have always said, you can't rattle for deer in Michigan. They're too smart. They get too much pressure. It'll never work. So I'm like, you know what, maybe I won't use them, but last minute, I just, for some reason it popped in my head, just grab those things. So I get out there and I, the, it's about four or 500 yards. Would you say Jared of like, like flooded river yeah, going to like a, a river just a lower wet yeah like hardwoods area yeah with like muck boots on it's just just below the muck boots so you got to go real slow so you don't get wet and i'm just sneaking through off the road the spot that's literally right on the road and i'm just i just have never seen anybody hunt there and it doesn't have great access and it's just walked through the water to get there so i'm i mean i'm like well i'm just i mean i've got an afternoon my wife and daughter are gone like this is i got i got all day right so I'm, I'm slowly walking through and sure enough, I see him rubbing his doing, doing the licking branch thing, like 60 yards away. And I'm like, all right, well, uh, that's interesting. You know, what do I do about this? So I'm like, well, yeah, I, I, I better keep an eye on him. I look again and I can't find him, you know, it's kind of thick and I can't see where he's at. I'm just on the edge of, point? was I walking? You're, you're walking right now. Yeah. I'm just slowly oh, so still walking. hunting. Okay. Yeah. Just kind of easing my way through the woods, real slow into the water. And I just kind of gotten onto, so it's this like watery spot. Then this kind of lane, uh, probably 300 yards wide river on one side, that watery side, another, and it's dry ground in the middle. So I just get on it and I like, man, I can't see him. I don't know what to do. And I'm, you know, my mind is racing. I'm like, I, I I'm going to rattle. Like, I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. So, so I get rattled and I'm, I'm on the ground and I'm like, I'm, see what happens rattle it's a big buck well sure enough 20 seconds later i am 20 yards like eye to eye with this buck he came in not where i was expecting per usual and uh i mean we are locked like straight on and obviously yeah i didn't i ended up shooting him i did not uh i tried to draw he, he was looking at me i'm like he's gonna see me if he keeps walking so 
when he puts his head down, I'm going to draw and just see, which was a terrible idea. Did not work. But the, point, <laughs> the, the moral of the story was like, I don't know, had I not gone out, tried something new, tried just easing in, trying to use rattling antlers, even though everybody said you, you can't do that at work. And I kind of learned something about that area. I learned something about that specific deer. Um, and it just goes to show, I mean, honestly, I think part of it was listening to you talk about just kind of be adaptive, be flexible, and just kind of play the situation see what happens. Don't take things for granted, but just because people say them on Instagram. Yeah. You got to be liquid, man. You got to, you got to react to what's going on out there. And, you know, I think hopping in there when you've seen them was definitely a good, you know, I mean, if, especially that time of year, yeah, if you know, they're there and you can get close to them, like you got that chance. Uh, had it been another time of year and that might've tipped you off on his yeah. pattern versus just rut activity, then it's a different story. But um, yeah, man, I, you know, and I, I've done my, I've done my own testing with the horns too, with the rattling antlers. And, and I've, I've seen, I've had awesome times with antlers for one. I don't like, I hate taking them out there. I, if I can carry. have them when, <laughs> when I was out there and I'm not a big, like, like gimmicky, uh, like you know i've seen the bags with with i'm not that no. crazy in the rattling to where i'm gonna do that so i just you know grab a set but what i've found over the years with rattling um is you know it, and i used to struggle in november because i'd never kill anything in november because it, it was just chaos and yeah i couldn't make sense of it so i would just be out there and i'd have close encounters but so i started like gravitating to rattling antlers as sort of like a crutch early on like i'm like mm -hmm. well okay maybe this is how i need to do it like to get it done uh at this time of year and this was way early in my hunting and and uh and i would i would get small bucks to commit yeah. and i would get i would bring deer in so i like i wasn't i wasn't skeptical of the fact like if it was working or not um i never really had any bruisers coming from it but what i noticed and what got me to abandon that and and any sort of thing altogether was that, you know, these deer, they're so tuned in. Yeah. And when you make that noise, they like, you know, they know exactly where that noise came from. And what, if it's, a you know, now grunting's different. I don't, you know, there's people that really know how to grunt good and, you know, you can, and even if you're directing it in the opposite direction and the buck comes from behind you, like, dude, they're so spot on and they know, and I'm a big advocate of, never give up your location because yeah. so in that situation where you were at like you did everything right going in there after him you were slow going in there i mean and you spotted him and you knew he was that close had you have just maybe just sat tight for just a little bit i should have yeah he might, yeah, might have revealed himself but you know i mean he did come in to investigate that had you also been ready <laughs> i know and yeah, you dude, came where i just had some freaking cover would have been nice yeah yeah i mean yeah. so it could have it could have worked out a couple different ways so um well, and looking back, I think, I mean, that's the kind of stuff you think about. It's like, man, if I would have done this different, if I would have just moved yeah. somewhere else, idiot, just idiot, to Jared, yeah, just not even gone in there. I should, I would have been slipping on my couch. And that's the, yeah, that's the thing too. I mean, it's like, you could, that never ends if you look at it. From yeah. Way. I mean, <laughs> no, it drives you crazy. I mean, every, every single hunt, you, oh shit, well, I should have did this. I should, you know, hindsight's 2020. 20. And, and honestly, a lot of this stuff, especially that time of year, that shit's chance. I mean, like, you know, it really is. If, if you're hunting them bucks that are cruising and, and yeah, you can pattern them deer that time of year. 
and you can be, that's, what's important about scouting and being proactive because, you know, you can get on like that deer was in that area for area for a reason, whether he was just passing through, maybe he had a doe lockdown in there that you didn't know about. Yeah. And had he had that been the case, you probably could have went in there that next morning and yeah. got a crack at it, you know, but yeah. you know, so, so you, don't, you don't know. Um, I know. I've been thinking that. about that too. Like what if I would have just stayed in town one extra day? Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I had a, I had, a, I had that and I had a, another shot at a really nice buck with my recurve and 14 yards sent it right over its back. So I, which I actually saw you you're in the recurve was a recurve or a long bow you got. So I, I actually have a recurve or it's a, it's a long curve and a, and a long bow. Now. Um, it's um, yeah, it's been something I've been getting a lot of personal messages like, wait, what's going on? Like you said, I seen you were shooting this bow and, and I'm not, I don't know if you, you if you've listened to some podcasts, you probably mm -hmm. know I'm not the biggest archer. I don't ever shoot my bow. You know, I've always just kind of, I'm more into the hunting aspect and the shooting, but I've always been since the beginning. And, and when I started shooting bow, I, it was like fingers with a compound. Yeah, and I'm sure same. when I was real little, it was a recurve, but even to this day, I've always felt I've shot a compound with like more so an instinctive nature. Like uh, I only shoot a kisser button. Uh, and a lot of the times I don't even remember looking at a pin or seeing a pin when I kill deer and maybe that's cause they're so close, but, right. uh, but, but anyway, so for forever though, I've always looked at the concept and I've looked at traditional archery and it, it's, it's fascinated me. Like just the, in my mind, I think about that and I think about like, um, just pure instinctive shooting and like just reaction and yeah. it's just it's amazing like what the mind can do and like those skills you can uh you can have so i've always i've always gravitated toward that and knew i was going to do it someday and and um a couple years ago a buddy of mine let me borrow one of his longbows and i just shot it a couple times and and i was like dead on with it and he's like what how are you doing that i'm like i don't know i'm just pulling it back and i'm shooting, shooting. <laughs> yeah and and um and then i you know i mess around with it that year for a little bit, I actually hunted late season a couple of weeks with it just after hunting it for hunt, after shooting it for just a few weeks. Um, uh, and then I, you know, put it back on the shelf and, and that next year is when we started working with Darton on the Lobo and I started yeah. shooting that. And it was always like one of those things where it's in the back of my mind. And, and when I shot that big one this year, um, early season, I had contemplated and I was talking with somebody about getting a custom recurve like just a like my bow like, yeah. like you know something for me not just something off the shelf and that was in the works and it hadn't been done yet so I was hunting with a compound and that's all I could think about was like <laughs> oh man I, I wish I would have had that and it would have made the you know I might have missed him I might have not yeah. killed him but you know I wanted to start that journey and I'm uh, I'm real jacked on it now I have uh, I got a custom a custom recurve uh, made um uh, by a guy named Steven Jewett. He, he's at, out of, uh, out of Florida. With okay. Bushman. Oh yeah. Bushman. Yep. Dude, that thing is insane. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm just, it's amazing how jacked up I am to shoot a bow now. And I was never like that. And I'm just sure. like, I love it now because there's something to it. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a recurve and that's what I'll be, that's what I'll be rolling with, uh, from here on in. Really? So you are, you're full on, you're a fully, fully recurve. <laughs> I, full I I tend to, I tend to leap into anything that I do. Um, yeah. with, uh, so in my mind, you know, and there's a lot of guys that, and even, 
even, you know, I was hunting a big one with that longbow that one year and I ended up, I ended up missing him at 15 yards and it was bitter cold. And, uh, what had happened was I didn't accommodate for, I, I wasn't used to that huge, vast, like, like range of the bow. Yeah. And I was talking, I was tucked in a tight cedar like I normally do. And I never test drew. Yeah. Sure. You know, I, yep. was, I, I was doing this and I'm like, he's, he's, he's done. If he comes in he came in sure as shit. And, and I was sitting down and right over the left knee, just like everything was picture perfect. It's 15 yards right where I wanted to be. And, um, and I remember coming back and then right when I got like an inch from my face, like the string, <laughs> <laughs> the string hit something and, and I, and, and I'll, I admit it, I panicked. I'm like, Oh shit. I realized it. And instead yep. of coming down, scooting forward and redrawing, I leaned forward to try and hit the anchor. And then I, I like snapshot and, um, and I shot right under his, right under his belly. Um, Man. but then, you know, the point to that story is, you know, I'm talking to my bud and he's like, Oh, you're crazy. He's like, get back out there with the compound pound. You got, you got three days left. Like you can go kill him. And, and I'm like, no, man, I want to kill him with a longbow now, you know? And, um, it was kind of like a score to settle, but, um, I look at it like this. If I start to, to mix it and start to hunt with this and with that, and the gains are never made then. I mean, like, sure. I, I don't I personally don't think so. Not like yeah. they would be, you know, if you don't dedicate what you're doing, like, cause I ultimately, I, I don't know. Like I said, I don't like fucking compound bows. I don't like bows. I don't like I mean, what, what jacks me up about, about a recurve is like, there's nothing to it. It's a simplicity. Yeah. There's nothing that can go wrong. You know, like the, yeah. okay, brace height, oh. knock height, whatever. I want to know that that thing can, you know, I've, man, I, two years ago, I almost um, renounced bow hunting when I, I missed probably <laughs> the biggest before this year, my biggest buck to date at three yards. So literally just, just, just a mere few paces. And what had actually happened was, um, my damn, uh, my rest, uh, I, what I ended up doing was grabbing the string of the drop away oh, yep, with my I hand. Know. So, yep. so it was hanging and I always set my drop aways up and the string was this long and it, go, it went straight to the, like the bus yeah. cable or whatever. And everybody, and then my, I had a couple of buddies that seen it and like three people in a row would see my bow and they're like, dude, what do you, who the hell put your rest on? I'm like, well, I did. And they're like, dude, you, that thing's way too short. You gotta, it's gotta be coming down there, you know? And I'm like, oh really? And they're like, yeah, you ain't, you ain't getting consistent drops. Like, dude, you're fucked up. What are you doing? And I'm, and I'm, I'm like, oh shit. Okay. So let me change this. The year I change it, I'm in the stand and I'm hunting this buck and uh, I brisket shot him two weeks prior was sitting in the stand like literally just depressed um about to give it all up because i was like this this buck will never come back yeah dude i look over my right shoulder and he's coming right down the pipe and i'm like oh I'm, you're done you know and I'm, <laughs> I'm literally three yards from a scrape i'm eight feet off the ground i'm like game over and my bow is sitting right and i actually had it hanging on a limb in a cedar and i went and grabbed it everything was freaking copacetic he comes starts working that liquor branch and when i hooked up to the to the to the loop and i started to draw back i felt a little resistance but i'm i'm a pretty strong dude i'm like like you know i didn't think anything of it but now thinking of it i'm like yeah there was some resistance that shouldn't have been there and i ripped right through that thing and i actually ripped the the cord out of it and <laughs> yep. i was like what the hell happened and then it it raised up and it was all the way up and i'm thinking in my head i'm like Oh, well, like, and I, and then I, you know, I'm analyzing as I'm anchoring, looking down what's going on. And I'm like, oh shit, you grabbed the damn, 
And I'm like, oh, fuck <laughs> it. Well, you know, you can shoot through the rest. Yeah. You know, I mean, and I've always shot feathers up until this year also. Uh, of course. So, but now I got blazer. Now I got blazer veins on because everybody says feathers is stupid. You know, and this is me listening <laughs> to people. Right? So, so I literally three yards. I, I mean, three steps, three paces away. I shoot that 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 arrow does the nosedive, and I actually got like skinned. You know, I had some white hair, armpit hair. I mean, like yeah. you know, an inch higher, maybe whatever. But it just took a dive, and I was just I was done with it. And things like that is what I would like to avoid uh, in the future. And just my it's a whisker philosophy. biscuit, man. You need a whisker biscuit. Simple. Yeah. I, no, see, that's what's nice about this recurve. There's nothing. Nothing. No Shoot off the shelf. Oh, are you not? You're not doing an elevated rest. You're doing off the shelf. Oh, no, no, no elevated rest. No nothing. No. I'm um, guessing you're. You don't have a clicker either, right? No, nothing. Uh, so I just, and this is, I'm a textbook overthinker. And I always preach to people about hunting that ask me questions or, or, you know, if they want my opinion, I always say simple, man, don't overcomplicate it. And that's yeah. how I look at hunting. But weirdly on the flip side, I overthink and complicate <laughs> everything. So I try and check myself though. Um, and even with like the getting into the recurve, I told myself, I'm like, you know, what jacks me up about it is like the free state of it and the reactionness yeah. of it. And like the, and as soon as I started shooting, I started getting a lot of advice from, you know, or as soon as I got my bow, I'm getting messages left and right about this and that and about <laughs> how to aim and how to anchor and how to, and then all of a sudden, and, and then right away, I'm looking at these people that are giving me advices and I'm like, okay, these are good people to listen to. I value their opinion. And I started, I started just doing things and like, okay, maybe I'm not, do, you know, I want to make yep. sure I'm doing this right. It's going to be a long-term thing. And you know, I had an anchor that felt real comfortable or, or what I was doing. And, you know, and it's, oh, no, you're anchoring to, you know, you can't do this. You got to look down the arrow. You got to do that. You got, you know, you got to get yeah. your, 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 your point of aim and you got to, you know, all this, these things. Um, and then, you know, don't shoot this, shoot that, you know, all, everybody's got their own, their opinion. Right. Yeah. And I, but, so I started doing that and I just started falling apart. Yeah. And then I had to, I had to rewind myself and, um, I watched one video from a guy who talked about uh, a, I think it was like a, just like a natural anchor or something. Yep. Um, or don't worry about your anchor, like more so make sure your body's aligned and the anchor will come natural. Uh, and I, and I literally went out there and just forgot anything anybody's ever told me. And I was messing around with the, I even, I, you know, I, I went to the point to, as to like, I almost bought a clicker because I was getting recommended. Oh, you know, you always make sure you hit your draw and this and that and whatever. And, um, I was falling into that. And then I went out there and just cleared my freaking mind. And I was just like, you know, I drew back and I'm a, you know, I used to bodybuild a uh, big time fitness addict, weightlifter. Like, so I'm looking at this as a rep, right? And sure. I can, once, once I find that I can mimic that. Exactly. I can, I Muscle no memory. Yeah. And there's no problem with me like pulling with my back and not my bicep. And I don't have any issue with that. And I went out there and I was, I was smoking that yeah. target. Like I just couldn't believe it. And I literally like eyes closed, like, like just, you know, just being completely set, you know, and then looking at that target and just nothing, no, you know, with no addition. So I'm like, oh, okay. You know, I'm like, all right, I feel good. I'm, I'm not going to touch anything. And, uh, and it's funny because since then I get a lot of people, and one of the reasons everybody always kind of preached to me about, cause I would hear it all the time. 
Hey dude, when are you going to start hunting traditional? Like everything you do screams traditional, like everything. So like, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for in years and years? And now a lot of those same guys, like, uh, you know, would message me or, or just random followers would be like, Oh man, like you're going to do so good with that thing. You only shoot deer on side 20 yards. Anyway, it's going to, it's going to be so Makes natural. Total sense. When I'm, I messaged him back, I'm like, you know what? I'm actually thinking, I'm thinking I might smoke one beyond 20 this year. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, dude, I'm shooting this thing better than I've ever shot a compound. And, and, and I can't, ex- I can't, ex- I'm telling you, my buddies will tell you anybody, maybe that's why I never shoot like that. Hey, let's go shoot in the backyard. Dude, I'm hitting pie plates with a compound. And I, you know, and it's always, it's that, that process of like having to aim. And it's like this thing that like, yeah. I'm overthinking probably in the time and, and I'm forcing up and people say it's target panic, but I don't agree what I go through is target panic. I think it's just, it's just a, just a, an overthinking, like kind of just uh, rapid fire type yeah. deal to where when I shoot a, a traditional bow, there's, there's none of that. No. And what I literally do is just think of nothing. Well, that's so, the thing um, about the tr- traditional archery. So I, I went exclusively trad for what, three, four years this year. I, I did a mix three or four. Yeah. Your or arms f- a little bit, man. That's no way three or four. Well, we, yeah. So when we started this, <laughs> I only, no, I have no way. This is my first year since we started. We're on year four, buddy, of having a podcast. All right. And when I, when we started this, I'm like, you know, I'm going to, I've done a compound. I'm just going to do recurve bit of a badass. You know, I can, I can handle it. Uh, but what <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> debatable. <laughs> what I found was though, when you do that and then you start like, you know, we'll post like a story or something of us shooting. You get more messages about traditional oh. archery form than I, that or anything with a saddle. If we're up in a tree oh. saddle or we put a certain type of tape, anything with mobile hunting or traditional archery, the comments come in. Um, and I'll put, I'll post a picture of me shooting. And it was the same thing that you, you said, Cody. Like, they're like, well, you got to do this. You got to do that. And I was thinking the same thing. Your like, arrow, well, your arrow flight's wrong. Your, your arrow flight's wrong. I, oh, man. Okay. we po- I, d- I did a bear hunt and I shot this bear and like, you know, kind of a stressful situation. There's a bear in a tree. There's like dogs barking. There's people all looking at you, you know, first time ever bear hunting. And my arrow f- flight was not great, uh, which was something I was struggling getting right. But anyways, people will come out of the wor- woodworks and just correct you. And so I did the same thing. Like, oh, I need this. And all right, I got to do this. I have to draw this way. And then people are telling you different things. And it's like, well, which one am I supposed to do? And then you get out there and you're, you're, you're thinking, well, I got to do this, but I can't do that. I got to draw to my anchor, except I can't think about my anchor. I got to think about the target, but I have to look at the arrow. I have to look at the tip of the arrow. I have to think about the arrow flight. I have to slide my finger up and down depending on what my aiming style is. Well, what's my aiming style? And like your mind, you get there and it's just like, like and, you said, I don't know if it's target. Yeah. That's what I wanted to get away from. Like yep. what you're saying is exactly what I, I that's what I hate. Cause, cause that's my mind, you know, and I'm always, um, and that's what's so, I think that's where the beauty lies, or at least to me in traditional, yeah. When, and I know there's, I'm sure there's, you know, I'll probably get ridiculed for this, but I know there's different camps of guys who aim certain ways or guys who don't aim yeah. or don't have any recollections, you know? So I, I think that's a thing. Right. And, and I'll probably, you know, piss off some people there, but like, you know, what drove me to get to this was to be fluid and reactive and yeah. thoughtless. And, yep. and, and like, that's how I want to react. So, um, 
No, it's just like this. Uh, you know, I want it to be second nature. I don't yeah. want to have to think about it because I believe when you have to think, that's where errors occur. Yeah. Um, and and I'm not, you know, I'm not going to try and be an Olympic traditional archer that's going to be shooting whatever. You know, I'm looking at harvesting animals, and um, and I'm just yeah, I'm jacked at the at the um, I'm jacked at the experience of it. Um, you know, one thing I will say, and this is I've never been into, you know, like I said, archery or bow mechanics, and I've never known anything about arrow weights and flights. And um, that was one thing that I think was hanging me up because I did know it was one thing that I did. Uh, I understand it or I at least agreed with is a lot of people said like, OK, when you go to the com when you go to the traditional world and not to overcomplicate it, but arrow weights and the, and you, the tune of your arrow is a big thing, yeah, especially when you're shooting something that's that's so, you know, kind of bare bones. And so before I did make the jump, you know, that was one thing that I did kind of dive into a little bit and did a lot of research on um, was, I guess you'd call it like not aerodynamics or yeah. arrow yeah. flight, good flight. Yeah. yeah. So um, and a good good buddy of mine, Kevin Merrill, who's been doing yeah. the traditional thing for a long time, really helped me helped me out with that. And it was way easier than I ever thought it was. Cause I always was like, ah, oh. and one of the biggest questions I, I get to this day is, Hey, what is your arrow setup? What's your total arrow weight like with, with the compound? And I would be like, I have no idea. Uh, and then as soon as somebody would find out, they'd be like, what? That is way too light. And I never, you know, I, you know, I never shot a heavy arrow or anything like that. And, um, but I wanted to, I wanted to understand that. And now like this setup too, I will say, you know, um, I know this is a different kind of avenue, right. Mm -hmm. From, from compound to recurve, but experiencing that, that heavier arrow with like that weight up front and how it's flying out of this bow is wild. Uh, yeah. it's dude, like even feeling the arrow just feels wrong. It feels like I'm holding a hatchet or something like it it's does huge, so much, like a log so much weight. Up and, and I'm, you know, a uh, good friend of mine, Bill over at, Iron Will been been shooting his stuff for a few years now and just it's been doing awesome. And I he was one of the first people I reached out to and I was like, hey man, I need some traditional archery components or some some traditional stuff for a setup. He's like, No way. And I'm like, Yeah, 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 I need it. Uh and you know, he got me the inserts, the collars, the uh, heavy yep. head, and and I'm running a lot of a lot of beef up front now. So well when I'm you get that right. That arrow flight, when you get it good, when you finally get it dialed in, you can see because you can see it so much easier with your recurve. It's like it's such a beautiful thing to see that arrow just just yeah, dive yeah. right in there. I, I, I've, I know it does make sense. I mean, the, the beauty of the trad life, the trad bow is just simple and light. I do like how light that bow is, too. You can, it feels like you're not carrying anything at all. Tell me you're in a different feeling when you're out there, too, and you're sitting and you got that in your hand versus like some, something that looks like a spaceship. Like, cause yeah, in my, sure. I'll tell you what, man, ever since parallel limbos came out, I wasn't a fan. Like yeah. I, it, and it kept getting further and further. Like, man, you know, like bows don't look like bows anymore. Even crossbows now look like <laughs> ARs. Like, you know, they and do. it's like, it's just, Those it's ravens it's, or know, whatever. Cool. Yeah. You know, it's cool and it's techy, but like, you know, strip it all away and you're sitting out in the timber and then like you look down at your hand and you got like this a piece of wood with a string on it versus yeah. like some molded carbon crazy you know contraption with i don't know it's just so i think there's a cool feeling to it too but i'm excited yeah, it, man i fun. wish i would have had it earlier in the season 
Well, and, and like, you know, like a lot of what you say, it's light, it's simple, it's straightforward. I mean, another thing that you've, you've talked about a bunch is like all the stuff you bring out. I mean, Jared, he brings out like a full backpack full of gear. I mean, everything you could possibly need in the woods fills up Dude, that backpack. I know. Don't feel bad, Jared. I know a bunch of people like it. And, you know, man, it's like, I kind I find myself, I would do that too. Like I used to do that. It's actually me I that found, tends that, by the way. I tend yeah, to bring it way too Jared Simple, story. I'm giving him a hard time because like I've recently switched, but for the longest time, I'm like, well, I might need three pairs of socks while I'm out for a two hour hunt. You never know. You know, I could fall in the water twice yeah. and, you know, yeah. way over the top. And I've, I've, I don't think I've ever went that crazy, but, but I, I did have, I did have, um, Tell him, Cody. And now this, see, see, this is where like, you know, and I'll get a lot of people, everybody, you know, today's day and age every on the internet, like, dude, you say one thing and you get guys like coming at you with pitchforks. Like, so, yeah. so then everybody always go in and I always say, man, this is always situational too. If I'm, if I'm backpacking in to a mountainous area and like, I'm, or I'm living out of my Jeep and I'm, I'm or, or camping and hunting, or let's say I'm going in for a full day or I'm staying, obviously I need to take a few things if yeah, I'm, sure. I'm going to stay overnight, you know, but comfy. if I'm anywhere, well, if I'm anywhere that I can get back to base camp. So even, you know, I, I camp all the time when I hunt and I've, you know, I strategically hunt by campgrounds sometimes. And, and, you know, I look for areas cause I'm a big believer in, you know, efficiently and con- consistent and efficient. So if I can find something that I can access closer to my campsite or get there, but sometimes I'll hike in and I'll do like a little just base camp, you know, yep. and I'll hunt an entire day. Uh, not hunting the whole day, but I'll hunt, scout, hunt, sleep, camp in that tent, hunt the next morning and then move on, yep. you know, and, and that's something that I do. Now, when I'm going in to do that, I obviously got my tent with me. I got some water. I got dinner, you know, I got my, you know, but I, I usually leave that. And then when I'm hunting from camp or when I'm hunting from, or if I'm staying in, you know, at the, you know, at the farmhouse and I'm hunting like some local area or 10 minutes down the road, like, dude, I ain't bringing anything. No, like nothing. Like, you know, if I got a night, I only bring what I need to complete that, that hunt. And, you know, I mean, out when I was up in the mountains uh, or a lot more, like a lot deeper, I brought some extra batteries and a, um, an, a small little charger because, uh, you know, in case my phone would die or something, I needed GPS to get out. But, um, but aside from that, you know, I think it's important to look at what do you really need? I mean, cause even if, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a fan of suffering too. I don't know if sure. you know, and this is not, this is not a lot of people. We not a lot of, I haven't gotten into this with anybody on a podcast yet, but like, I'm also a big fan of that. And, um, so I look at even, even if I were to, and I've done plenty of times in the frigid cold, I'd, I'd get a soaked boot or I'd get, you know, there, there's things, oh, yeah. things all will and, or can and will go wrong. But, you know, knowing that like, all right, it's going to be, I'm gonna be out here for three to four hours. I'm going to be back, you know, there's, and, and I'm always moving too. I'm not, that's another thing. If I was a guy who was sitting eight, nine hours in a tree, I'd probably have to bring, you know, a couple things like a bunch uh, of food because otherwise you go nuts in there i would definitely need some food because i'm a i'm a eater too man yeah i I eat a lot uh but like you know some things like that and what i typically do though so there's even if i need these things but my trick to staying minimalistic is even if i need those things my 
the systems that we design now in the setups and the stands, yeah. they can almost, they serve as my transportation device. Like that is my, it's my rig, right? So it's a nifty rig, backpack. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It houses those things that I may need, you know, like I always usually take like a, you know, an extra, like a down layer or something. Well, that's in the sack strapped to the bottom of the stand. I'll never know it's there if I don't need it, you know? Um, but when I start to incorporate backpacks is when I'll start to want to fill them. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and I'll just, then I'll just all of a sudden like, Oh, well, I mean, why not? If you're taking the backpack and you got all the compartments, like why not start sliding shit in there? So, so I don't think, you know, cause I would do the same thing, but when I really had to rewind from that pack and start getting, you know, real down, but, but the point of this is, is not to, be minimalistic to be minim minimalistic it's it's to be efficient right so cut out the crap yeah well yes. and and even you could argue like i could be just as efficient i guess if um i was carrying a backpack versus not carrying a backpack if i wasn't taking anything out of it but the weight will make me less efficient the the extra step to hang that backpack the you know the extra step it takes to take the backpack off the stand yeah the extra the extra you know thing i have to pull up from the bottom of the tree or where so all those things are affecting efficiency and that's why i also so with with minimal gear minimal height requirement so like minimal climbing appendages Stick. yeah all these th all these things are adding up to like this this lean mean like run and gun very quick yeah on the move type type style so um you know that's where even you know sometimes i get screwed out of areas because you know thermals are going on or i'm hunting the bottom and i got to get real high and sometimes i can't and i gotta even you know ditch that spot you know which is something i don't like but i know in the long in the long term more that benefit minimal gear yeah there'll be more benefit versus that that well, you know, I haven't course. offered one of these in a while, uh, Jared, uh, uh, a fair Are chase you? hot tip. Oh, okay. I'll I got a hot here. tip. So yep. if you're, if you're worried about this and I, I did this end of last year, uh, I had noticed a trend, uh, going into this year where the, the amount of things that I would bring out to the woods with me as the season went on totally changed. So at the beginning of the season, you know, you're all jacked up. You got your backpack full of stuff. You got all your stuff. And by the end of it, you're like, man, I've been hunting for a couple months. I am sick of taking all this crap up and down the tree. And so if you want to really whittle down what you take out, start by the stuff that you were taking out with you at the end of the year. Cause usually that that's you at that point you've yeah. hunted for a long time, it's bare necessities. Um, and so that's what I did this year. I don't take my, my backpack up. I, I take my backpack out to carry my stuff out. And then if I get a deer to, to take, take it in, I, for the most part have only quartered and instead of, I don't drag anymore for the most, unless I'm really close to the wood, to, to a road or something like that. I just cut them up, throw them in the backpack. And that's really what the backpack, other than that, it's really there for carrying a tree stand out. Yep. Yep. And, and that's a, that's a killer tip. And I like that with the late season ant analogy, because everybody I think is lighter um, yeah. in some way, shape or form. But you know what I said, I think I did a podcast on the, uh, the vortex nation or whatever yep. with those guys listen to and it i brought in i brought in that and i so i what i challenge people to do and this is this is my hot tip my fair chase hot tip so we got <laughs> we got two of them today I, I i look at the same thing 
But even if you're mid-season or even if you're early season or take your back, do a pack dump. Yep. Remove everything you didn't use in the last three hunts. <laughs> That's good I mean, stuff. Like, That's just, great. Like, yes. I mean, like, just, just, a, I mean, that'll really tell you what you're actually using because if you haven't used it in three sits, you probably won't need it the next three and you might need it one time, but you could probably get away without it, without it. Um, I mean, there's, yeah, there's very few things I take. I have a, a small trim saw my, well, I always have a knife on me, but you yep. know, obviously your tag, you know, a little bit of cordage and stuff. And, and, um, but like, man, it's like you, you find out real quick that like that stuff that you are using, you could slide in your, your breast pocket or your, your you know, vinyl um, harness or something like or that. Your vinyl harness yeah. And, you know, um, yeah. So that's a, that's a good that, way to, that's a hot tip. It is a hot well, tip. And you know what? We actually, whenever we would have guests on the show, we would usually ask them this question. This was way back when we first started the show. <laughs> it kind of went along this line in this discussion that we're talking about. And, you know, after, like we're talking about after the entire season, you kind of find out what you want to keep in your pack, what you don't want to keep, what can you use as multi-purpose in your pack. But a really good question that we usually ask people that I always enjoy asking is what is the most useless yeah, thing, thing you always bring? What is the most useless thing in your pack? a good question uh well so I, I don't have a pack so but um you're you not know, you know, okay i know i i got the answer um man i hate even hate for some reason well this is getting tossed out now but i would say a damn rangefinder. really oh with the recurve i, I didn't usually yeah. use one either yeah no well well that's what i'm saying like it'll it'll now not come with me for sure yeah um well actually people have been advocating the opposite they're like no it's good to, if you have one point of yardage but anyway so i would always i think i would probably say for a good i don't know the last few years i've been carrying a rangefinder for this like crazy thought that like you know i'm gonna have this mega giant at like 26 or something i need to range them or 30 or, or like or i don't know like you know i have this i built this thing up into my head like oh this could be useful and i've I, i'm i'm gonna be man i'm gonna be conservative here i bet i used that thing twice in five years two times <laughs> but i always take it you know and i got a small compact one but like it's one of those things where like and um and actually i think last year I had it strapped to the stand. So oh, really yeah. when I look at like, it's not that it's like I'm taking it because I'm not, well, I guess I am taking it, but I am, it, you know, it's there, but You're it's not, not thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not thinking about it. So like, it's one of those things where like, I'm looking at it now, once you ask me that and the thing's been strapped to the bottom of my stand with a, um, with a gear tie for years. And I, I mean, like, I, I don't even take it off. I mean, I gotta, I guess I just have it just in case, but, um, yeah, I mean, I just never. I'm always hunting just such close quarter that like it's never even a, an issue. Uh, and now coming next year, like I'll definitely not have it. Uh, but yeah, that would be the most useful thing that I or useless thing that I would carry would be a rangefinder. That's pretty. Good. You know, what, Jared, I got one to add to that. I I always take one of those stupid uh, like multi-tool uh, hex wrench things. Always have it. Like, and my really? thought is like. Uh, always in my backpack i always got this thing it's like well you know something's gonna come loose when i'm in the woods <laughs> and i'm gonna be 10 miles back in the woods <laughs> it's like well if something came loose just walk in and fix it and, and, my and get it right yeah. you know 
you never know man i yeah and that was my thought it's like no you never know if i need it and the funny thing is watch like it would come to a point where i would need it and forget i had it in my backpack and walk in anyways so that's now i'm tossing that out of my backpack now that you you asked that question i just got better for me and i'm sure i'm gonna get castrated for saying this and james is definitely gonna get pissed because i'm gonna say this but i just don't use them that much i know what it is and and maybe i need to use them more but my do my binos like i just don't I just don't use them. I don't. I don't know why. I feel like I can just look around, and that's just. You don't even wear more. your glasses when you go hunting. Don't so. need my glasses. You know how deer see? It's everything just yeah. kind of blurry, and they can see movement. That's. How I've I- been. I've been watching that Dare Daredevil show uh, on Netflix, and maybe that's your situation. Like you don't need to see. Like you can feel. You can hear the heartbeat of a deer in the distance. You can Watch. use your Daredevil senses. I'm not going to go that yeah. far. <laughs> Idiot. You know, I, so I got, I have to say, man, the, so there was probably, there's probably a good six or seven year stretch where I didn't take binos. I never used, I mean, I, I used them a lot when I was scouting and when I was hey. like road driving or glassing or whatever. And I, there was times I used them, but I would never take them hunting because I just, you know, I never thought there was a, I don't know. I never, cause I never used them much, but I will say this now in the last few years, it's become something it's become the only thing I take. So what I've done is I've, I traded and guys were actually, I've gotten, I've gotten a bunch of, I've gotten hit, hit for that too. Like, Oh, Mr. Minimalist. And you got a set of 10 by 42s on your neck or whatever. And I'm like, well, yes, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, okay. But that's the only thing I'm taking, you know? And, and I become, I got so, I got so like, jacked up on the glass side of things and i started using them more and started you know um you know just glassing as i was scouting or walking through an access or in the stand you know getting but i think there's a there's a a transition there too for the longest time i always had a video camera yeah right an optical that had an optical zoom so that's why i wasn't really using binos i could find out what that deer was i could you know get up close and personal if I needed to, or, or, you know, I would always like, if I'd see something that I think was a deer, you know, I could always point that camera and zoom all the way in and get the, what I needed to. And once I got rid of that and these cameras started becoming a little bit, I stopped running an actual big rig camera and just did smaller, like little, little rigs, or even if it was like a DSLR or something yeah. with a, well, I can't, you know, you ain't getting, you start doing that and you're just, you're not going to kill any deer. Um, which is another, thing that we can talk about is I think you got to make that you have to make that decision but anyway so once I got rid of that camera the introduction of glass was was, was really badass and then I was yeah. liking it I'm like oh shit this is, you know I can really get out there I can see things that I you know I, I was confident that I was missing things for a lot of years yes um so then with that being said I'm like well I want a good pair if I'm going to take them out there like okay this this one weighs an extra you know th- four ounces and yeah it's got a bigger profile but you know, I'm running like the Vortex, uh, like their, their UHD, like their, their I have higher those. one. Yeah, I have, those they're, are awesome. Sweet, man. I mean, they're, yeah. and I have a pair of their eight by 32s too, that like is an awesome little, like just running gun set. But dude, I, I, you know, I don't know. It, it's like, it, that's worth a couple ounces to me and I'm not taking anything else. So like, it's the only thing I got. Um, oh, they, so yeah. the 10 by 42 UHD. That's what exactly what I have. Uh, and I would say, I don't think it's even a stretch to say I saw 25% more 
deer deer that I would not have seen because I had binoculars. Cause I'll just sit there and I'd like, to, I don't know why I like to just pop up my glass and just look around at stuff. It helps pass the time. And, and that can screw you too. Like, so yeah, that's one thing. Like, so you got, you got to watch that too, because, um, that that's the, the toughest part about having those. And that's the one I was actually going to bring that up next. The one thing that I like about not having binos is you're not prone to use them and yeah. you're going to be more still, which is, but if you do your diligence and make sure you're, you know, trying, you know, not getting, getting, getting busted because I've gotten, I've gotten cracked grabbing those oh, binos yeah. too. And I'm like, oh, man, what are, just ah, don't even, don't even touch those <laughs> things. Like, you know, exactly. But, but the, those are, that's situational too. It's a double-edged you know, sword. Gonna, it's good and bad. You know, it, it can, it can kill you. It can help you. It's yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, we, me and Jared have a stark difference in opinions when it comes to glass, but, um, I use them. Yeah. I'm, I feel like I'm starting to use them more. I just, I guess I've never, it's just never been a habit or maybe just, I've just never had a set to use in the past to grow up and groom into that, that habit and that consistent usage yeah. while I'm hunting. But it's just, I don't know. I'm starting to use them. I'm starting to use them more because I have them. Yeah. And well, um, what, I don't know. See what can, what can, what you can fall into too is, um, and this can also piss you off and, and put you the other way. But for a while, I was using cheap piece of shit Nikons that like, yeah. there's, <laughs> there's no, there's no point of, you know, you have to ask yourself if you're going to carry glass. I mean, if you're going to be a bear, be a grizzly, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm going to carry the weight of a piece of shit that I can barely see out of, and I'm going to have the extra movement. I'm going to, I'm going to be messing with it. Like, it, you know, if you're going to go there, just get yourself a good pair. So at least you're like, Oh man, at least yeah. you can, you know, count you some see, little, yeah. little stickers and stuff on some, on some bases or something. I, don't know. <laughs> I, for a while I took, I had a, and I kid you not, I had a monocular, uh, a, a Meyer special <laughs> monocular. I, I was just going to make a joke about that. <laughs> that's useless. that simplistic. That's useless. Uh, it didn't do me one lick of good, but I saw it one time at Meyer the day before opening day. And I thought I need to have that. I'm going to see so many more deer. It did not I think, work. I think we should bring that back. We'll get, we'll get a nice little hip, a little hip sleeve holster Ooh, and then a nice you pop it out and just clap it and do the old. Yeah, uh, that's right. <laughs> like a seat captain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah between that and i think we got to bring back the acorn cruncher i just saw one of those have you ever seen the acorn cruncher call somebody tried to come out with a, a call that made the sound of a deer chewing on a, acorns and so you like crunch cr this little thing together and it's like i cannot believe somebody and convince somebody else to spend money on that and then to carry that in the store it just blows my mind that or the dude, uh cough tube dude, the cough tube dude, was good man I literally have that same people are going to like this either, but I, I literally, I have that same view and opinion on 97% of the shit that's on the shelf in the hunting section. Yeah. I mean, it, like some of it, it's so it's gotten to be so gimmicky now, like, uh, you know, just dear estrus incense. Yeah. Oh, remember <laughs> those things you'd yeah, light them up and you put them in yeah. a bucket. Yep. No, I don't. Did not See, that's work. the thing, you know, and I'm people give me shit all the time too because I'm so removed from from a lot of things. Like I, I really do not pay any attention to to like what's going on or like or, or or products for that matter or or people. Like I'm I'm real bad with uh no like you know I'll get that. Oh, did you see so and so kill this or uh, probably usually guy. talking about me and Jared shooting a yeah. big buck. Yeah, like, yeah. Do you see Jared you know, and James um, killing all those? Yeah. yeah. 
I'd have to see the face, you know, and, um, <laughs> but, but it's one of those things where, I mean, these, I see these guys that, you know, and, and that's what sparked me, I think originally to just start ta- like, just start talking about this shit and start doing mm-hmm. podcasts. And, and cause for so many years, man, I just, my head was down and I was just hunting hard and just putting them down dirt nap and deer, you know, like yeah, that, that right. was the deal of dirt naps. Know, that that's what it was about you know i mean i was you know working a a a standard job and i was doing that and you know i started to talk to people when i do like these shows on the side and stuff and they'd be like dude like and everybody would know um and they'd be like why aren't you putting this out like why aren't you sharing this stuff why aren't you and i'm like well who i don't give a shit like and this was right at like the cusp of when all social media got real big and stuff and um and i was like i was like ah screw that you know for a few years um but I see not what urged me to get out and start talking about this. And my take on it is I see so many guys who I feel bad for because they just want to get the upper hand and learn. Yep. And then they end up just with this bag full of shit. That's just $2,000 later too. Well, you know, and it's, you know, and, and, and I don't look at it as, as a money standpoint because I'm also the type of person that, you know, I'm not a very frugal person. Uh, and, and not that I'm just saying like, and not that I have a, I don't have a lot of money and I'm not like that. There's just people, I I think you're just, you're different. My sister is the, I I would put her up against any budgeter and any penny pincher. (laughs) You know, I mean, we're just, we're, we're two, we're cut from different cloths. Right. Um, but so the money thing, and I, I get what people, I get when people are passionate about something, and they want to spend money at it. Cause so I don't, I don't disagree with that. Um, and that was one of the reasons for, you know, even the, um, you know, like if I get into a sport or like, uh, the more serious you get, I think the more you'll spend, but yeah, a lot of guys, absolutely. Just, a lot of guys don't have the information or they're getting false information. And then they're, they're, they're spinning their wheels. Let's say they spend this money, but it's almost, putting them at a disadvantage because it's, it's making it so complicated. And, and it's like, they end up going out into the woods with, with a bag full of gadgets and they got ozonics and sprays and and clothing and this and that. And and there's like so much stuff that, and that is just like clouding the experience and like what you're trying to do. And, and it's, and a lot of it's BS and a lot of it's a waste of money. And it's, you know, we should be I out mean, there I, thinking about hunting and like what you're doing and presence of mind well, rather than and, all the that's, crap. That's my big thing that I tell guys that, that some people, some people you tell it to them and the light bulb clicks and some people get pissed. Yeah. But I always say, I'm like, dude, if you, all you got, if you spent a fraction of the time actually hunting that you spent researching and buying shit and trying to make it easier, you, you'd be killing bucks. Yeah. You'd be getting consistent and you'd be learning like you would be a downright cold blooded dude in the timber, like dirt but, but nap you're not. dealer. Dirt nap yeah. dealer. Yeah. Dirt nap. You'd be dealing, you'd be dealing them. Yeah. Um and 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 that's where I think like it's just one of those things where you know, in today's day and age, like there's more research done than actually doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, Less field research, more internet research. Yeah. And I get that. You want to get the upper hand on it, but you know, it's like, I used to get that back in the day all the time in the, in the, you know, 
guys spend so many time, so much time on the computer Googling how to get uh, uh, or how to make their bench press grow up or, yeah, sure. or increase. Like, oh, how do I, you know, how do I get my bench from, you know, 200 pounds to 300 pounds? I want to get three plates. You know, I want to hit your ass to the gym and start lifting, dude. That's right. Reps. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, man, I, like start bench pressing. Like, yeah. You know, right. I mean, start, only in my mind, only should you be researching how to get a heavier bench and how to get a better looking chest or whatever you're talking in the fitness world. Only should you be doing that when you've been grinding and putting it all into that activity and you've hit a plateau. Yeah. Between sets, if, maybe do it between sets. Then you well, can be on I your mean, phone, look it, it up. It's one of those things where, you know, like, like usually, I mean, I don't know. Everybody has a different process, but you know, some yeah. people like to go in a little bit more prepared, but, and I get, if you don't know anything, but at the base, I think getting out there and actually just applying yourself is, is the biggest the biggest hangup where I see a lot of guys, new, newbies at least, getting taken by these acorn crunchers. And I know. And it's, world. well, part of it too is just like, and I think this is like society. I mean, this is people and in, in everything beyond hunting. It's like you get paralyzed, like, what do I do? Where, where should I be working? Where, where should my life look like? And people get so much, spend so much time, whether it's hunting or something else, thinking about the question rather than just doing something that they're, they don't, you, if you were to take a step and go wherever that is, whether it's to go spend some time in the woods and learn or to try a new job or career or whatever, at least after you've taken that step, you've got a new perspective and you've got experience behind you. If you didn't do that, all you're doing is reading and you're thinking about it and you're wasting your time. And you're, you're hundred percent correct. And, and that's why I, I sympathize because I put myself in, in that position and that's where I would almost like what I strive to be is, is a beacon for those who find themselves getting frustrated. My hopes is that they can stumble upon me or like some podcasts that I've done and see through the bullshit yeah. and see that I'm just being completely honest and that I'm trying to save you some time. And, and I'm not trying, I'm not trying to paint it. It's not all, you know, rainbows and blowjobs, but, but the thing is, but if it was, like, well, you know, <laughs> See, because I, I look at it like this, you know, um, there's been some things that I've been interested in that were completely out of my realm that I just kind of put a toe in the water of, of the YouTube circuit or, or mm -hmm. Internet. And I'm not that type of guy. I've yeah. never been like tech, technical savvy. I've always been like, like, hey, like, let's do this. You show me. I'll do it. I'll I'll figure it out myself. But, you know, I'm thinking, well, it's just dumb not to utilize this. And there's things that. So let's say I'm, I'm, I'm interested in a hobby or a topic that I know nothing about model airplanes, and, for example. Well, well to, to me, go. you know, well, I'll give you an example. So like, right. you know, um, <laughs> so like when I got in, when I, yeah, I don't want to use model airplanes, <laughs> but when I got into actual photography, mm -hmm. I, I was a fish out of water. Like I, you know, I, I'm a hunter dude that I just, I go track things down. Like that's my passion. I, I don't know anything about cameras. I don't know anything about lenses. I don't know anything about aperture exposure. Well, I mean, I do now, but, but I didn't know anything. Right. So, and I talked to some people and that got me some mixed results and without having to be like, Hey man, can you like teach me how to take photos? I'm like, all right, well, there's gotta be some videos now today's day and age. And I started just testing. I started looking everywhere and I'm just every, there was so much in now, photography is a little different because it's set in stone like mm -hmm. some things but there was there was 
contradictory uh, theories and this from this guy and that from this, and you can't do this until you do that. And I stumbled upon a few guys that were just like, I could tell were just like cool, chill dudes that were like, hey, man, all right, for all you guys who like, don't buy into the bullshit that you need this lens, you need this lens, you need this or that you can't, dude, I'm going to tell you how to do it right now. Get yourself, uh, you know, a 17 or, a, you know, um, I don't know what that was. It was like X lens or like get yourself yeah. one of these or start out with a kit lens. You don't need. Hey, let me show you what I did on a kit lens. And that, you know, like you don't need to go spend a grant. Now, if you got a grant and you want to get a lens, I'll tell you what to get, but you don't need to get it. What you need to do is you need to get out there and take pictures. And these are the three principles or these are what helped me instead of being like lorded upon by some great photographer who's telling you that you need to buy this book and go through all these things and buy this, this camera bag and all this. And so I seen that and I was like, you know what? I want to be that for hunters. Yeah. You know, I want, I want, hopefully somebody, people stumble upon my shit on a daily basis and they're like, oh, this guy's telling it like it is. And he's not yeah. telling me I need to buy four sticks from him and I need to run cell cameras and I need to get an Ozonics. And he's saying, just go out there and freaking with a bow and just hunt deer. Like, you know, yeah. um, shocking. Well, and, and, you know, and the, the flip side of it too, for, for like people like Jared and I, I mean, we have a lot of pressure from groups like, Hey, you want to use this thing? And you should use this thing. Like sometimes they'll be like, well, we'll pay you money to use this thing and talk about it. And like Jared and I have talked about in the past. I'm like, I would never, I would never, I would never use that. And then I would try to be telling somebody you need to use this thing that I would never use. And I don't, wouldn't really know enough about it. Like it's just, you, you feel like a whore kind of at some point because you're, you're being asked to do things that just aren't, isn't authentic and not helpful to anybody. I think if you're doing that at that point, you are a whore. I'm going to come out and say it. <laughs> yeah. If, if, if you were, I mean, <laughs> <what's that? laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, um, dude, that's always been a tough, it, it's a tough spot because, and I think this industry in, in, in particular, you see a lot of that. It's like the race, the race industry, you know, it's like, okay, who wants that hood spot, yeah. you know, or like, you no, know, let me change my hats real quick and get another picture. Like, and I mean, I, you know, I, I, I'm not down in anybody like, do, you know, do what you do, but I do find, I think personally, um, the consumer, the listener, um, the subject, whatever you want to call it, like they see through that shit. Yeah. And, and I think these people, will eventually lose those audiences and it'll eventually be, be they'll eventually be found out. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's one of those things where, and that's why, man, I'd love to tell you that, you know, our tree stands produce giant deer. Like I'm not, you know, I'm an advocate of it. I make the, I make uh, the products and we do the things we do because like I experienced it firsthand and like, yeah. this is what I've built and like that allows me to hunt the way that I need to hunt to be successful. And that's been proving successful year in and year out. Like um, it's one of those things. So it's so easy and so natural for me to pitch that product just because it's, it's literally what I use day in and day out. It's on my back. Yeah, you get the unique opportunity to literally make what you want based on what yeah, you yeah, think man. is important, which is cool. Yeah. Man, and, I wish and, I had this that, on here. Yeah. Well, and a lot of guys are like, oh, okay. Like, well, I'm going to get X amount of dollars and I can just say that I use this or I, you know, I hear it all the time. Like, oh, well, I'll just, you know, I'm like, dude, I, I don't, 
you don't have to you don't have to, to push the products if you're not using them. And and I think it's just ultimately just a disservice to the audience because yeah. they're genuinely trying to see what you're into. Yeah. And yeah. if you're not into it, you know, you're kind of mis misleading them. Which you're lying. Like, yeah. yeah, it's kind of. Shit. Yeah, um, I know. And that's that's I don't know. It's it's been interesting for us. You know, we, we don't come from hunting family background in terms of like in the industry or knowing anybody. So we kind of entered in not knowing any of this when we started doing a podcast and it's like you get into it and you're like, Holy cow. Some of these people, man. Well, now here's the thing too. You know, there's, there's, I think a different way to look at that. So if somebody approached me with something I've never used before Mm -hmm. and that, uh, you know, intrigued me. Yeah. And I had no, I had no idea what it was. And they're like, Hey, you know, what do you think about you trying this out? We, we, we work, you know, I mean, you know, and that's one thing, but I think then being transparent about that, like, okay, hey, like, you know, I haven't, you know, been shooting these broadheads my entire life. I've only been shooting them this year. They looked cool to me. Like, um, we're, we're testing them out or like, yeah. you know, people love hey, man, that like, too. or because then at least they know where you're at and it's, and it's, it's legit in that way too. You're not one of those sponsor jumpers too. So like if, if all of a sudden you're not with those broadheads, you can just say like, you know, Hey, you know, I didn't really dig how those were working out and. Um, or whatever, but you, you know, I don't, I'm just, yeah, I'm just using broad as an example, but yeah, but so, so I, I do get that because there's guys out there that are inactive sponsorships with, with, um, I'm sure companies that they're just trying or whatever, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. sure that happens too. So, yeah, we've done a little of that. Usually though, I found most companies now are like, Hey, before we do anything together, at least the good ones are the, the, the companies that we've, we've had good relationships with where, they're like, hey, use this for a little while. If you like it, maybe we can talk about doing something together. And if not, no big deal. And that I appreciate because at least it's authentic. And it's, I don't know, I'm not, me, Jared and I are, you know, for example, are not out here to make a million dollars on gear sponsorships and hunting industry. It would be First sweet. of all, that just isn't there. But secondly, uh, it's just, it's just kind of a waste of time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, it's better to you're going to naturally push the stuff that you like and use and ultimately do that company more, more justice than, yeah. than something that you're just, you know, getting a sponsor plug for. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of a tandem, random tandem, but uh, tangent, uh, but it was uh, something I'd been thinking about. And you see a lot of I, what I've appreciated are they're like, like accounts on online now that are like making fun of like these thirsty, like, I think, is that what the kids say, Jared thirsty influencers? Is that what the kids are saying? Something like that. When you want sponsorship dollars and you're doing weird stuff and pictures with whoring out. Yeah. Weird, weird times. I haven't seen too much of the, um, of the thirsty comments, but, uh, that that's funny though. I can, I can definitely see that. Um, it's it's become it, it's a it's an interesting day and age with with what's going on on social media and, and just companies and just man how that stuff dude there's i mean what's crazy is you find that like a lot of these people like that's what i mean about wading through the bullshit like sometimes you'll you'll stumble upon somebody and you'll be like you know, and it's big in the fitness realm too, but like, you're like, man, oh dude, this guy, this guy must be something like he must, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, you see these followers and you see like, uh, like, um, or all this stuff and like these sponsors and you're like, man, I want like, is this guy won the Olympia or like, he must be training Olympians or something. And yeah. 
He's just some random dude that's never done anything and, <laughs> and doesn't even look that good, but he's really good at Instagram. You know, I'm just, yeah. it's one of the things where, you know, today's day and age, you don't know. Um, and I've gotten, you know, I've gotten ridiculed for that too. Like as soon, of course you get the trolls. As soon as I started posting more every, you know, I get, you get the comments like, Oh yeah, well, yeah, just doing it for the gram, huh? Doing it for the gram. I'm like, dude, uh, man, I've been doing this since so long before the Instagram game is yeah. just, but I will post a cool picture and you're going to have to deal with it or just unfollow yeah, me, yeah. you know, if you can't handle it. No, I, I don't know. It's, I guess at the end of the day, and you know, we've kind of alluded to this a lot throughout the podcast, but the best part, at least in my opinion, sounds like in your opinion too, is to go out and, and test kind of your skill uh, in the woods, your woodsmanship, your, your ability to hunt, strip away everything else and just be very present um, and very in the moment. So I, I, right now in, in this day and age, you, you aren't going out and being very present in most places. You got your phone ringing, you got stuff going on all around you, you got stuff to do. But the one time you're in the woods, you shouldn't be thinking about all that. You should just be able to be quiet and, uh, and still. I'm, you know, I love that you brought that up because I use the word or the term presence so much. And um, because it's something that I strive to do more of nowadays, but it's such a shitty pickle to be Jared's in nickname in high school, the shitty pickle. Dude, <laughs> sorry, man. It's but it's to be in a day and age that is so hungry and thirsty for content and mm -hmm. in the woods content and being somebody who hunts, who is trying to be present, but also trying to do right by followers and trying to give them something. Dude, that's my biggest thing. And, and, yeah. and that's my, it's been my Achilles heel all the time is consistency because even like my videos and my stories and I get such, when I started doing that a couple of years ago, I just got, I got the, the feedback I got from it was so insane. Yeah. And, and it, in a good way. Yeah. And everybody wanted more. And I got, and I'd have to tell them, I'm like, dude, if I, I can't do more because then I'm not hunting, I'm just videoing. And even the, even the stuff that I do, I'm like pulling my own arm and it's so hard to get myself to do it. And I get all the questions. Well, wait, how'd you land in the setup? You should have did more. You should have did. Everybody's craving the stand setup videos. Yeah. But I tell them, I'm like, dude, that would mean, and, oh, and, and I don't want to sound lazy, but I'm like, that would mean I would have to, do you know how inefficient that would you know make what me as that a takes? I had to start, you, know, I, you know, it really, yeah, absolutely. So everybody's, you know, and everybody started keying in on that. I'm only doing the easy videos that when I turn around and talk to myself, cause I can do them quick and yeah. I can end those, those I'm randomly doing and I have to force myself to do. But so I'm constantly in this, this, this horrible situation of like, Oh man, I know that everybody that follows me would love to see what I'm doing right now. And I want to show them so bad, but I don't, I, I can't I just want to hunt me. right now. I just want to, yeah. Hunt. Yeah. So I try and split that like as, as best as I can and it's so tough, um, but that is the key. That the key is, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna feel your best. You're gonna do your best when you're when you're just hyper focused and you're not, you know, and you you're present and yeah. you're gonna get the most out of it. You know, I mean, oh it's, yeah. It's, well, we have this debate all the time, and Jared's giving me a hard time for this in the past. It's like, well, we have these cameras. Why aren't you bringing your camera out with you? It's like, well, it's I don't know. I'm just I don't know. Today, I think I'm just gonna hunt, and then at the end of the season, it's like, well, 99% of my hunts, I said that. And like, uh, I should probably have brought the camera out at least to share something that I was doing. Um, and so it's, that's, uh, yeah. It's 
That is, it's and tough. Being somebody, who, being somebody who started, like when I started hunting, that's when like kind of the filming boom started. And that's when everybody was taking can like it got popular. So there was a can I had a camera from the beginning. Yeah. And so it was, it was all I knew. Um, but I realized, and I get, you know, and a lot of my close friends and, and, you know, whitetail addictions guys and hell, even my old man, like everybody gets so pissed about, and I, you know, that I don't still film like I used to, but I personally think it took away something. It, it I never got to experience what it was that I really, that I'm, so passionate about in the in like the full retrospect yeah until i did ditch that sort of filming equipment and and you know there's people who've done the opposite who've hunted for many years who started filming and i kind of i kind of progressed in the opposite direction like uh because i also believe that you need to have your priorities and your goals set and if your goal is to get to kill deer on film and produce for film you're going to have a different experience than if your goal is just to go out and hunt. And yeah. those things are what started to weigh on me a lot because I, I, you know, whether I wanted to know it or not, there's always been pressure yeah. in like there, there, there's, you know, and it, it's, it's always the first question. What'd you kill this year? What'd you get? Oh, what did he kill? You know, did he, Oh yeah. What's that guy who makes the tree stand? Did he get anything this year? Like, you know, and those, you know, those things are fine, whatever. And I've always had goals and I'm a very goal oriented person and I want what I want. And I'm, I'm very competitive. Um, but when, when the introduction of the, the serious filming, it was like, it was like a job. Yeah. And, and who the hell wants to be doing a job? Like all that, like, you're working, you should be escaping to the woods for <laughs> yeah. relief and, to be, and yeah. to be present, not running out there to work more. And, and that's what I found myself doing. And it was awesome. I love having those films to look back on. That yeah. is awesome. And you see it more clearly than when you play it back in the, you know, on the mind screen. But, um, <laughs> but, but, you know, in my mind, that's a, that's a, that's a, um, a, a kind of, disadvantage i'm willing to take because yeah. of the experience because then also i you know i get more out of the experience so that's a rough one i don't know it, I it's just, deep. yeah it's just like a balance you know I, I i think we're we're finding that balance uh for what we bring or what we don't and it's yeah. you know you're always adjusting and trying to do it right but like you said at the end of the day what, what are you actually there to do um maybe focus on that and the other stuff can come secondary to that yeah. And it, it sucks because it's limited time too. You know, you only got so much time out there and everybody's strapped. Everybody's got their own grind, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, there, there are some people that literally just hunt every day and that's their, that's their job, which is awesome. But, um, you know, most people, you know, even myself, like people have this, this, this misconception that I'm just like, you know, I, I I'm like this, crazy guy who lives alone doesn't have a family doesn't have a job <laughs> right gets, gets to go hunt everywhere that i want like and it's that's definitely not the case uh you know family four kids uh multiple jobs like but that is where knowing what you're doing being super efficient yeah super aggressive like all that's where all those things like that wasn't that wasn't birthed out of just thin air like necessity is the mother of invention. I need to be quick when I get in there. I need to capitalize on that morning sit before I have to, 
you know, get to a meeting or, or get to work or, you know, back when I only had three days a week to hunt or even two days, like, dude, you got to change, man. You got to, um, you know, just figure out a way. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, you got to make it work. And it's, and it's all about priorities. Yeah. So if it's a priority and you want it, you, you make, make it you, you build the lot. Yeah. We've talked about this a, a bunch, but like the way that your life looks, it doesn't happen to you for the most part. There's some things, you know, you get horribly maimed or whatever. There, there are things that happen to you that change some, some of your life, but a lot of your life is, is a decision. And so like the things that you value, uh, are the things that you'll do. And so, you know, if that's hunting great, if it's not, don't complain about it. Cause you've chosen something else and that's fine. Um, uh, and there are more, th- more important things than hunting. You should just put that out here on the podcast, uh, in life for sure. <laughs> yeah. It's all about, you know, what you're, what you're prioritizing, you know, and you, and you have, um, and that's different for everybody and everybody's got their own situation, but for the most part, everybody's in somewhat of a grinder. Exactly. Or, you know, and even those guys who are hunting for a living, that's sort of, you know, that's a grind too, because there's a weight <laughs> on your shoulders and, and, and that's where, um, you know, you got to balance that, but yeah, it's just, um, everybody's got their own, uh, their own oh. deal. Well, hey, we're coming up on time here. Uh, and so, but I, before we, before we let you go, um, I want to make sure. So when you do actually post and you get your, your content going up, how can people find you? Where can they learn from you and glean some of this information on, on social media? Um, so I do most of my stuff on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram account is just Cody underscore DeQuisto. Um, that's where I do the stories where I'll like kind of tag people along throughout the season. You can find some of the older kills on there in like the highlight section. Um, I kind of narrowed them down. Like those stories end up having like, I mean, if you took the time to actually watch them, I mean, it'd probably take a long time because there's hundreds and hundreds throughout a season, you know, but yeah. that's the that's the beauty of it. You know, sometimes you kill on day six, sometimes you kill on day 26. So, um, uh, but anyway, so yeah, Instagram, um, I do not do a whole lot of stuff on Facebook. So, uh, Instagram would be the best spot. We do. Um, one thing I wanted to mention is, um, you know, we got the DeQuisto series podcast as well, um, that we've been trying to, we started getting more consistent with that. And what we're really trying to do is focus on key items. We think people, you know, are hungry for information and we miss out on. So, uh, we do, um, you know, we do some cool things there. And then also on, um, you know, you can go check out Lone Wolf Custom Gear. That's on in Instagram as well. And we're going to start doing a lot more. I would say, um, really helping guys out fine tune their setup versus just, just showing products, but more so we're going to dive, uh, into the more customization and like what products benefit you in which ways. So if you're ever interested in product stuff, that's an awesome place. Um, and then lastly, you know, but not least, um, we do have a page called mobile, Hunt- mobile hunters United. Uh, we've been trying to, we've successfully built that into a pretty cool place in the last couple of years. And I do feel like it's a one spot that if anybody's looking, looking for a question, we got a team of guys on there that participates regularly. And there's a lot of industry people, but more so it's backed with a lot of guys who are getting it done every year and not only our staff members, but just legit hunters, not these guys pushing products. So, yep. you know, questions, you, you know, you can go on there and toss up a question and usually, I mean, you'll have the back and forth, but usually you'll get some pretty good answers and, and, you know, have a good place to go. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I'll check that. I didn't, I didn't know about that. 
Yeah, yeah. So it's and that's on Facebook, but that's about as much as as much as I would do on Facebook is I'll participate in there every once in a while. And um, uh, yeah, but if you want to get a hold of me, that'd definitely be an Instagram thing. Wonderful. Well, Jared, you got anything else you want to add? Any Nothing. color commentary? Any closing Usually remarks? I Usually I do, but today you said your piece. Sitting back and absorbing some some great and, information. And I actually just realized too, you know, we might have to do a we might have to do an episode two here in the future because. I don't even think we talked about that scouting. No, we didn't. I, mean, we, I had a lot of stuff. I want, I want to talk about the clo- clothing system, scouting. We got more stuff. This is this is part one. There'll think, be a part two. I, yeah, I think we need a part two for sure. Um, yeah, and we'll, we'll dive into some um, some serious tactic stuff on the on the gear there. And uh, yeah, and no, strategy. I appreciate you coming on, man. This was a good time, and and just you giving your time is is something that we appreciate. So thank you for doing it, and uh, we'll we'll do it again soon. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode. We really do appreciate it. If you want to go on to any kind of social media platform, give us a like, share, subscribe. You know, it really helps us out. keeps the train rolling. And if you guys really like what you're listening here, give us a five-star Either way, if, even if you don't like it. Even if you don't like review. it, five stars. That'd helps cool. everyone out. We'll see you out there.